The Manifestation of the Sons of God Chapter 14 The Seer Prophet Let's read from Ephesians 1. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, with a view to the administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens, and things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been, been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. What Paul is referring to in this scripture concerns the empowering of the believer with all authority, dominion, and power. We're only now beginning to experience the reality and provision of this word. So much of the word is veiled, as the word says, veiled to those who are perishing, Second Corinthians 4. Yet, it also has been veiled to his sons until they come into the time of their maturing, the time set by the Father. Galatians 4. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the Father. There's a great deal awaiting God's sons that has been held in escrow, waiting for the time of their maturing. How does the word go? I has not seen, nor has it entered into the heart of man, those things which God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2. One very special aspect of Christ's ministry, which has been reserved for this time of the maturing of the sons, has been the release and functioning of the seer prophet ministry in the earth. The role of the seer prophet directly concerns the administration of the authority of Christ over the rulers and principalities of this current age. It is an aspect of the ministry of the kings and priests that the sons of God are being brought into. The term seer prophet is not used in Christian circles much, nor is it a term readily understood. We were first introduced to the seer ministry in the Old Testament, for both Elijah and Elisha were seer prophets. Elisha saw into the realm of spirit, and he knew what was transpiring behind closed doors in the king's bedchambers. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God had told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Let's read from Second Kings chapter 6. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sorely troubled for this thing, and he called the servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of the servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. Obviously, the king was concerned about who was giving out this information. You know, how was his enemy coming by this insight? And all they could say, well, it's Elisha. And so that, you know, brings the question, what is a seer prophet? A seer prophet is one who sees the unseen, hears the unspoken cries of the people, and whose heart is tuned into the voice of the Father. Like Christ, the seer prophet does what he sees the Father doing, and speaks what he hears the Father speaking. The seer prophet lives in both worlds simultaneously, 
the realm of spirit and the natural plane. The seer prophet is both a king that administers the kingdom and a priest who intercedes before God in behalf of his people. This is a seer prophet, and the seer prophet ministry plays a crucial role in the establishing of the kingdom of God in this hour. Who can be a seer prophet? The seer prophet ministry is for every one of God's sons to walk in. It is not meant just for the pastor or the elder or any other title within the church hierarchy that we may have known in the past. It is meant for each one to walk in, and that has been a problem. In the New Testament, we read about the fivefold ministry of Christ, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher, Ephesians 4. They were given to bring forth the body of Christ into a place of maturity where the fivefold ministry of Christ would no longer be necessary. You might say they work themselves out of a job. Right now, what we see within mainstream Christianity is a great deal of control, position, kingdom built upon kingdom, and a blatant intended protraction of infancy. This has stunted the growth of those who've been specifically marked for sonship in this hour. However, God is bringing his people out of what we have known as mainstream Christianity, even the cutting edge of Christianity, really, into a walk in the Spirit. He's bringing them into a time of fulfillment and deliverance, and it will only be in this environment, an environment of freedom, that we will see the seer ministry established within his people. In the days of the kingdom, everyone shall know the Lord from the least unto the greatest, Hebrews 8. And the knowledge of the Lord will cover the land as the waters cover the sea, Isaiah 11. These scriptures identify where we're headed, but we have a ways to go before we will see this experienced on every level. We will find, as we've mentioned previously, that there will be wave after wave of God's people who will be birthed into the changes and transformation of sonship. The book of Joel paints a clear picture of what we see unfolding during this season as God brings forth his army. His army will be comprised of his seer prophets, his kings and priests. You will not have one telling another to know the Lord, for each one shall know him, and they shall walk together. You could read from Joel chapter 2, from verse 1 through 11, and it gives you a very clear picture of how the Lord sees this great army that's coming forth. There are many examples of the seer prophet in the Old Testament. Samuel, Elijah, Elisha, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and others. Each of them saw and were led and directed to speak a word that brought down kingdoms and changed an age during their time. The birthing or establishing of the seer prophet has been strongly contested over the past two to three decades. In the book of Revelation, we are told that the dragon seeks to devour the man-child as he comes to birth. And who is this man-child? Well, we know the answer. It's the sons of God, those that are called to be seers, priests, and kings. God is establishing a people who will be able to see, function, and communicate in the realm of spirit, a people who truly come into a functional relationship in the spirit. 
And when I speak of a functional relationship, I'm speaking about coming alive to a whole new world where your senses are so in tune with God that you literally live with one foot on this plane of existence and one foot in the realm of spirit. Once you've tasted of this existence, no other level of life will satisfy you. Sonship can no longer be a platitude. It must become a realized truth within your heart. People think of heaven as some realm so far distant from them where in actuality it's only a different level of vibration. As Christ spoke in the Gospels, he referred to his father's house as being comprised of many dwelling places. He goes on to tell his disciples that it's his desire that where he is, there they shall be also, John 14. This is what I would call life on the highest plane. Until we reach that place of existence, we're on a sojourner path that is taking us up higher and higher, higher in vibration, higher in consciousness, and deeper into a oneness with Christ and the indwelling of the Godhead. There is such a deadness upon this age. There's a dullness, an absolute unawareness of anything spiritual aside from what is termed as psychic or soul. What should be normal is termed abnormal and vice versa. The norm of this age is to live a life void of perception, while the abnormal is to live with an awareness of the realm of spirit. The promise in Zechariah 8 is that there will be a reversal of this downward flow, and the tables are being turned. What we face in this electronic age is excessive overstimulation. As a great blessing as a computer is, it is also a curse. This age of information that we live in is making people more and more mental as we constantly deal with more and more input. We are moving further away from the inherent sensitivity that we've had as part of God's creation. People living today are becoming more and more like computers. They become overly mental, overly stimulated, and void of any real spiritual perception. There is an upward shift happening, though, a change within the sons of God. And as we ascend more and more into the presence of the Lord, we are becoming more acutely aware of everything that exists within the realm of God's kingdom, for this is the realm and world that we're being drawn into. As these days continue and fold, we will walk more and more in the realm of spirit, as the anchors of the soul that have held us back are removed. As we enter more deeply into the realm of God's kingdom, our awareness cannot become selective. We're entering into an awareness of all of God's kingdom, which includes many things we don't even have in our scope of knowledge yet. So we must be very careful to stay open to all that he would bring us into and to continue to let go of the baggage of our concepts and preconceived ideas. We must stay open and let him teach us. There are many ways that God speaks to each of his sons. Dreams or visions are but one way. The signs which come in your body as you continue to come alive to the spirit world are another way. Until we come to the place of open vision, which will happen, we must work with what the Holy Spirit has given us to see what is transpiring in the realm just beyond our sight.
We must understand that the promises of God are available now. And the more we realize that what we seek is here within our grasp, the more quickly we will reach in and take what he's already provided. It is time to stop hoping that God's going to hear and realize that he not only hears, but that he's released all of those things concerning his sons. Every provision for your functioning as a seer prophet and a king and a priest are resident within you. We've spoken numerous times about the Azusa Street experience back in the early 1900s, but let's look at it from another perspective. People were tarrying and waiting before the Lord because they realized that there was something more of God available than what they had yet to experience. They had heard rumors of baptisms in the Spirit that were starting to happen in select areas of Europe, but nothing had happened here in, the, in America. And as they began to wait upon the Lord, believer after believer was baptized into an experience with the Holy Spirit. Others to whom this experience was still rather vague did not enter into it until they truly realized that the provision was right there in their midst. When that light came on and they realized they could have it and it was right here, they really saw that. Then the promise laid hold of them. It was that simple, but they had to see it for themselves. And I see a similar comparison in this hour. We're looking for something that's been released, but we haven't quite seen it yet. Joel 2. And it will come about after this that I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants I will pour out my Spirit in those days. In the book of Joel, the prophet speaks of the Spirit, falling upon both the believer and the unbeliever alike. And what we must realize is that God is opening the doors of this age of the kingdom. There are many who are tuning into the realities of this kingdom age, both the just and unjust alike. And many will try to enter in, but unless they enter through the door, Christ, no amount of perception or clairvoyance is going to make a difference. We've seen a great influx in what has been called the New Age movement over the past several decades. And the growth of this movement gained a great deal of momentum in the early 1900s, about the same time as the Azusa Street experience when God began to pour out His Spirit, which, by the way, was not coincidental. The Satanic world understood that there would be a time when God would open wide the door for His sons to enter in to new and deeper levels of experience. So the, medical, the metaphysical movement that preceded God's moving came to discredit the experiences of the baptism of the Spirit that God began to bring. The false came to discredit the pure, which God would bring forth. It's been the same thing over and over again. God is bringing a union of what I would call the church visible and invisible. He is enabling the cloud of witnesses, referred to in Hebrews, to come closer and closer in vibration to the church visible. As God's sons continue to rise in their vibration and oneness with Christ, they continue to experience more and more interaction with them. Some would say, you're communicating with the dead. But in truth, there is an incredible corporal oneness that God is bringing his church into. 
for there's only one church, whether it's visible or invisible, for we're all one before him. Now, this may sound a bit strange, but as the work of redemption and purification is completed within the believer, you will experience a shift in vibration. And as you continue to let go of the weights, the sins, the bonds that have held you back, the natural cause and effect is that you will rise in vibration and enter into a much deeper level of His presence. God is doing this as He begins to merge the church together, His complete bride. Let's realize that God has something far greater for His sons than what we've understood. Whether we're experiencing dreams or visions, the appearing of Christ or traveling in the Spirit, it's all part of so much more that will be experienced as we enter into sonship. Dreams and visions are an important aspect of the functioning of the seer prophet, for they are a stepping stone into the perfect, into the open vision that's coming. Although there have been many books and articles written about dreams and visions, most, if not all of them, address it from the plane of the human soul, and none of them really have any awareness of the realm of spirit. Dreams and visions in this day are an avenue of sight, an ability that God is giving his people to see and hear as they come alive. The more you seek his face, the more you'll understand that the dreams and visions of this day are a pivotal function of the seer ministry. They are a window of sight into the functioning of your spirit and an avenue of communication from the Lord to you. To state this another way, the deeper levels of the dream and vision state are not a function of what you're going through in your soul. They're a way of hearing and seeing what the Spirit is speaking and showing you. As you continue to come alive, you will find that your dreams and visions will become progressively more and more clear. They are a window of sight into what your Spirit is doing as it goes about fulfilling the leading of the Lord. What the Lord reveals to you in your visions and dreams occurs because there's dialogue that is opening up between you and Him. Everything we experience and everything we see is a result of our relationship with the Lord. And that's what this is really all about. You will find that you will come to a point where this transition is more complete and what seemed as dreams will indeed become more clear to you as you continue to transition more and more into a life in the Spirit, you will understand more and more what you're experiencing. God is hastening the day of His appearing in you to see the complete release of the seer anointing. As your body continues to come alive to the spirit realm, you'll begin to experience what we've called signs within your body. One of these signs is the enlightenment of the eyes as you begin to actually see in the spirit with your physical eyes. At first it may be glimpses, it may be shadows. You may begin to see faint outlines of auras of people that are not there. But the more you practice, record, and monitor what you receive in the spirit, the more it will grow. If you respect and honor what the Lord is showing you and you're diligent to listen, he will bring greater levels of release to you. As you continue going through the work of the cross in your life, you will continue to come up higher in your vibration, and your eyes will behold that which you've previously not seen. How does it go in the book of Isaiah chapter 30? And although the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, 
Yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner any more, but your eyes shall see your teachers. As we've mentioned previously, the Father's house is comprised of many dwelling places. King James calls it many mansions. There are different levels which are only separated by vibration. The satanic level dwells on a slightly higher vibration than the human, which is why there's a greater awareness of the demonic realm today. Even animals, if you watch them, are sensitive to spiritual things because their vibration is slightly higher than ours. The vibration of the electronic realm, the realm of computers, is very close to the demonic world, and that's why you find your electronics can go haywire or break down quite often. The only way the administration of authority will be successful in this hour will be through the function of the seer prophet, the sons of God. And this is why there's a drive in the spirit to become. It's time for the sons of God to move into their inheritance, and this cannot be separate from the seer prophet ministry. The first steps in walking into the deeper things of God involves simplifying your life, slowing down, listening. Whether it's the TV, the foods we eat, the bonds we still have, or the constant barrage of mental gymnastics that we live with day in and day out. All of these affect our sensitivity and alertness in the spirit. Waiting on God or meditation is pivotal to a deep walk in the spirit. Simplifying your life on every level is imperative if you've decided to walk in those things which God has prepared for you.